This episode of the New Hampshire Business Show is sponsored by Everlasting Capital. If you're a small business and you need money and a bank won't give it to you, Everlasting Capital is here to help. In as quickly as a couple of days, you can have the funding your business needs for new equipment or anything else you could need the capital for. So submit your application today and see how they can help you out. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the New Hampshire Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana, and today we're here with Peter Burson of Aveli by WSI. How's it going? Good, Chris. How are you today? Good. So let's get started. Uh, Todd, tell me a little about yourself and the business. Sure. Um, my name is Peter Burson, like you said. I've uh, been out of college for about 25-ish <laughs> years. Um, I have a background in uh, a graduate computer science degree. Uh, from Framingham State College, now called Framingham State University. Uh, after that, I went into the field, started doing quality insurance, software engineering. Mm-hmm. I later then moved on to uh, out of development because I had some really great opportunities to work on my project all by myself and kind of could gear that project anywhere I wanted to go. I then moved into professional services, mm-hmm. and I quickly realized that Going directly to the customer was the best way to get what you want in a product. What I mean by that is if there's a a million-dollar customer that you've sold to and they say they want the product to have feature A, B, and C, everybody in the company all of a sudden now listens to you and says, yeah, I guess we really should be doing that. So that kind of put me down this customer path and and getting into more customer-facing roles. I did professional services. Then I went into sales engineering. That got me involved in marketing um, by being at trade shows, doing demos a lot, being in front of customers constantly, being on site with customers for months at a time, traveling all over the world. Uh, been to most continents, I think, except for Africa and Antarctica. But I've, been to, I've gone all the way to Australia. I've been to Asia and Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Japan. I've been in Europe, and I've been all through the U.S. and into uh, Mexico. Um, Basically, doing consulting and you know customizations of softwares that uh, software packages that we sold. Uh, this summer, I shifted. It was my third time getting uh, through a reorg at three different companies in about three or four year time period. I decided that it's time for me to kind of do my own, uh, be my own boss, and be my own uh, start my own business. I wanted to do this for a while. Each time that I was laid off, I said, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to." work on starting my own business while I'm looking for a job. Uh, but in software, we call it the 80-20 rule. Like, we yeah. you know, work on 80% here, and, like, we try to satisfy 80%. That 80% was looking for a job, and 20% was working on a business. So I always found jobs. This time, I completely shifted it and said 80% of my focus is going to be finding a business or a service that I can deliver, and I'll interview as well in yeah. case something just comes along. Um, so I worked with a uh, uh, Suzanne from uh, Suzanne Gray from Wellfleet Consulting. She kind of helped me find a uh, a uh, franchise. She's a kind of a franchise consultant, yeah. and she helps figure out what you're looking to do, uh, what's your skill set, what are your goals in a franchise. And then basically sends, uh, meets with you and says, here are the franchises that I picked out. And then at that point, you go through the process of you know figuring out which one you want to talk to and kind of the, uh, 
the process of being awarded a franchise. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. I didn't know this. I thought, oh, a franchise, you just write them a check and you, <laughs> you, you'd be able to open up your the franchise, yeah. right? Uh, no, that's not the way it works. It's basically you're going through a job process that mm-hmm. requires you to write a check. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're awarded the franchise. Um, and yeah. She helped me figure out which one. I then went down through the interview process of interviewing these, which make sure it's the right fit. And you talk to like the first person that's like the VP of development, and then you go up to her. Uh, you go up one level from that, and then eventually you get, in this particular franchise, which is WSI World, you get to talk to the co-founder, um, and you take another thing. Uh, it's called a desk assessment, which is like a personality. It's kind of like Myra Briggs, but yeah. different. And yeah, then you're they present you in front of a review board, and then they tell you if you are awarded it or not. I was awarded the franchise. I said unanimously. I don't know if that happens to everybody, but that's what the letter said. Um, and then you go to training, and you eventually you know open it up. Um, this is a, this is a service franchise, uh, WSI World, so it's different than a brick and mortar. You know, when we think of franchise, we think of like Dunkin' Donuts and KFC yeah. and McDonald's. Um, but we, you know, you, or you can think of like Handyman's another franchise. So that's different. There wasn't a lot of upfront costs. It was you know basically paying the franchise fee, um, and then you know here's the structure of how they wanted the model to work. So that's kind of how I got started back mm-hmm. in September, uh, and then I went to training in December. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why? As I know you said. You talked to a consultant, and she kind of picked a few companies. What kind of drew you towards the digital marketing realm? Yeah, so one of the pieces, I, I told her I'd like to do, I like STEM, because I actually was involved mm-hmm. in a STEM company in Westford uh, for a little bit, kind of part-time when I was um, looking for a job. I, that really interests me. I think my background in Boy Scouts and working with children in education I have a lot of interest in that. Yeah. You, know, you know, maybe go back to school to be a teacher. But then I kind of looked at, you know, what it would take to do that and kind of where I would start in a salary. And it didn't really fit my, you know, kind of lifestyle at this point in my life. Uh, it really would be going way back to the beginning. Yeah. Um, and there was another one. It's like a service uh, where a, a tutor doctor was one of the ones I looked at. And there was like two maids in a mop. And that I felt was I would be a businessman and I'd just be operating a business. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't seem to, it would use my business skills, but I wasn't able to use, you know, the 25 plus years of technical skills yeah. and knowledge and consulting. So when I looked at WSI, I quickly did this. You just gave me five and I put two on one pile, put two in another pile. And this WSI one was like, wait a minute, this using utilizing the skills I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I want to talk to this one first. Yeah. And then kind of how I went through it and it kept feeling, you know, in my gut, like, and my wife said the same thing. This one feels like the best suited for you and your, your abilities. Um, and that was very clear when we were talking to, uh, the, the founders and in, in the franchise development, uh, folks at WSI, they were like, yes, we see the synergy of everything that you've done in the past. Um, we think that you would be very successful in our franchise. And the main thing there is WSI doesn't want to have a bunch of technical people implementing websites. They yeah. want mainly marketing consultants, 
uh, trusted advisors, yeah. um, sales consultants. And that's what they're looking for. What they offer is one, they do have this brand. We're about 1,200 plus franchisees throughout 80 different countries. Mm-hmm. And as part of being this larger network, they can go out and negotiate deals with companies like HubSpot, yeah. Adobe, uh, uh, Sharp Spring, Reachable Local, a whole bunch of companies that make products. And then we also have people that produce and basically our fulfillment centers that produce websites, SEO campaigns, paid search campaigns, okay. and so forth. Um, and because we're large, we're our Google Alliance premier partner. So that is pretty powerful as it um, by itself, because yeah. Google talks to us. I believe once a quarter we have our open forum where they tell everybody in the network that wants to join the call, we can ask questions, and we kind of find out what Google's planning. Like We knew about Google Plus going away, before like the rest of the public knew, yeah, they were like, "Oh, start preparing your clients. This is going to go away at this, you know, at this time." They also tell us about services that Google is shifting towards in the year, or they'll tell us about an algorithm update. Um, so we have that ability. One of the other pieces with our what we call our top guns, our top ICs, they we've formulated a SEO program called Adaptive SEO. And this is working together with Google to say, how can we develop SEO campaigns? And if when you make your algorithm change, it won't take your SEO rankings and put them in the toilet. Yeah. Um, and and uh, mainly 45% of our model is about content. And then, there's a, you know, it's kind of this big uh, pyramid. Yeah. And the big part is the content. And there's, the, you know, the basics of like H1 heading and, you know, meta description and titles and things to that effect. But... We, we really push content because that survives the algorithm changes. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of other called Black Hat SEO that was done. Then all of a sudden Google changed the algorithm and the pages were delisted or they're on page 30. from went from 1 to 30 in yeah. one evening. Wow, that's pretty crazy. So this actually brings up a really good area. And that's someone can say marketing. And that means a billion things. So let's focus on what do you guys handle? What do you guys typically do? Because I think that gives the audience a pretty good idea of what we're talking about. Right, right. So we handle more of on the digital marketing side. Yeah. So if you're looking to put up billboards or you're looking to do TV or, or radio ads, we don't necessarily do that in our network, although there are people in the network that came from that space. Yeah, so they probably have connections and stuff. And part of their franchise slash agency they do both. Hmm. You know, they do the digital stuff, but they still will do some traditional marketing. Yeah. It's just because that's, uh, it's down in New Jersey. Basically, he came from that space and he was seeing that shift. He joined WSI, I, I think, in, the, in 2000, right around the dot-com bus. And he joined the network because he knew that traditional marketing was changing and, and he needed to figure out what this digital marketing was all about. So he still kept that piece of his business, yeah. and he still does some. He still does a portion of the business today. Mm-hmm. But for for me, I stick mainly in digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean like if you wanted to do a billboard, I might have people in the network that I could say, "Hey, could you help me out? You know, run, you know, get this person on a billboard at like you know the little spinners game or something like that." But majorly, we focus on digital marketing. And what does that you know what does that entail? Uh, digital marketing. You, could be in the courts, a responsive website, 
and then everything ties back into that website from you know inbound marketing from like a tool of HubSpot to social integration with your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's becoming really large. Yeah. Um, to drive traffic into your website and convert that. Um, paid search, which is Google ads, uh, Bing ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, Instagram paid ad stories or, or paid ads. Um, then we have other aspects like reputation management. If you're a restaurant, we have software in our, our network that can help you monitor your reputation. You want to be on top of when people are leaving you reviews. Yeah. And if they leave you bad reviews, sometimes it can do something, you know, you can release reply to it. Sometimes it was like, oh, can I remove a bad review? And it's really hard to actually remove a bad review because yeah. think about Google's worried about the quality. And if all of a sudden they said every restaurant that complains about bad reviews and they were removing them and they only showed the five-star reviews, yeah. then what would the quality of Google's review system be? Yeah. Um, if it's like blatantly like illegal or something to that effect, yeah, there's a process that, that Google will go through and remove that if you can prove that. But my always thing is ask for Google reviews and try to get a lot of them to. So when you get that bad review, on the average, you know, you're a four and a half star review because you got a few, you know, low ones because yeah. somebody was angry at you. Yeah. Or and, you know, we're going to jump onto the review thing. Um, I've had this conversation before. Reviews aren't necessarily a bad thing. Like, I know a lot of people don't trust five star only companies because it's kind of like right you expect companies to have some bad reviews yeah well, so you, <laughs> you know so 4.5 up you know okay you're probably looking at a pretty company but you know there's a point for reviews and i think some people get it a little crazy but that's another topic i guess <laughs> well i actually look for the low reviews and yeah. review them mm-hmm. and then i'm like well it doesn't there's there's a lot of good ones and the ones the comments that they're making to me isn't really valid yeah just because something has like some a bunch of low reviews doesn't mean I won't buy that product or go to that restaurant. Yeah. As long as the numbers are outweighing. Yeah. And a lot of times, one-star reviews are someone being petty. Like that, yep. that comes across very easily. When you're like, oh, the restaurant's dirty or this person was, you know, rude. And I'm like, Took well, forever. what does that mean? Yeah, it could be anything. You know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> so let's get into this... Um, Let's see. So we talked about marketing, some, some stuff. So what are people typically doing wrong? So this is an area where people get into digital marketing, as we were talking about a little bit earlier. People expect it to be cheap, easy. Yeah, you throw up a Facebook page, and all of a sudden you're famous. Um, where should people be kind of starting, looking, what are they doing wrong, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, and, and I've actually had this... <laughs> Uh, as I get more in, in, more involved with different customers, um, I had I had lunch the other day. This is a, a relatively decent uh, large company in Littleton, and she's like, "Yeah, we engaged with a marketing uh, agency once and to help us with marketing, but the problem was that the, what they did for us, they were sending us leads. So that's basically what we all want. You want leads to come into yeah. your website. You want to convert those leads to sales. Mm-hmm. So they were generating." whatever content for their website or on social platforms, but it was geared to the wrong persona. No. So they, this is a company that deals with training people how to do really good keynotes or a bunch of professional actors. Um, and 
they help people deliver keynotes in these user conferences, large user conferences yeah. with 6,000 people. They don't want to talk to one salesperson at a company. Yeah. They want to talk to the whole entire sales department or their whole engineering department is about to deliver a keynote to like a convention like uh, the Worldwide Developer Conference at Apple. Mm-hmm. So their personas that, that this marketing company was doing was wrong. That they either didn't listen to them or didn't have a conversation with them to the point where they understood their business, yeah. they understood their <laughs> services, and they understood the personas. Personas is a buyer, like who are your buyers? Yeah. And each company can have more than one buyer uh, and you need to understand that and develop a marketing strategy around those buyers. Uh, and they did it wrong. And so they left them with a bad taste in the mouth. Another one example of <clears throat> people implementing paid search incorrectly, there's like uh, broad search, exact search, and uh, another, ma- there's three matching systems. Where broad search says if I'm looking for, you know, fishing tackle in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and it's a broad search, it takes those words. Oh, look, this one is looking for fishing, so I'm going to show the ad. Well, no, really, it was a fishing tackle shop, not like an instructions on how to go fishing. Yeah. So then, the, you know, somebody will click on that ad, and, and I, I know what ads are and which aren't, what's paid search and what's not. Most people don't. They're like, oh, it's at the top of the page. I'm going to click. Yeah. That just cost that company whatever whatever that keyword was. So by implementing it wrong, these companies are paying you know, thousands of dollars to Google and not converting the traffic. Um, so that's a common, or, or people try to do this on their own and don't understand the system. Uh, there's somebody else I worked with, and I said, well, you can put the phone number and you can actually save money. You, got co- you can do impressions or clicks. Well, you can add call extensions to put the number on the ad. So they may not even click the ad. They may just call it. She's like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm like, well, your competitor is. Google allows this. And she didn't have the the proper knowledge to figure out how to implement her paid search on Google to do that. Uh, So those are kind of the, the, you know, mistakes. The other piece that we we kind of inform is we want you to do your business. If you're a catering company... We want you to do catering, not focus on marketing, especially in the solo entrepreneur type mm-hmm. companies, not focus on marketing pizzas because there's so much to learn between Facebook and all the social platforms, your website, and now investing money in paid ads. Um, and Instagram is starting to become very big. It's actually a, for ad spend. Mm-hmm. Instagram's looking like right now it's the cheaper of all of them. Yeah. Uh, especially if you listen to Gary uh, Gary B, Gary yeah. Vanacek, he's like, oh, Instagram's where it's at. And for certain audiences, that's a good idea. Um, so that that is what I see. Or, you know, people, another one is, and I usually test things out pretty quickly, is like if somebody's going to write content, you know, send me a sample content, and I'll see if I would post that online uh, under my name. And some, you know, on a, some people send content and you're, you're reading it. Like you can tell that this person's not a native English speaking person, yeah. which is fine. If you want to write content and the content itself wasn't bad, but you should have handed it to somebody in the region that you're putting it in. Yeah. Right. Like I wouldn't write content for a French company because I don't know French that well. Yeah. Or, or if I, if I did, I would definitely give it to a French speaking person. Yeah. So that they review it and it sounds correct for the for the language. 
Yeah. Those are several of the mistakes that, you know, again, that customer's like, I'm, I can do better posting to Facebook than this person I'm paying. And I said, once, why didn't you approve this stuff? He's like, well, they just do it automatically for me. I'm like, well, that's your business. It should be sending you copy yeah. for you to approve and then say, yeah, let's post that, that, and that, yeah. you know, on a scheduled basis. Yeah. Yeah, these are several of the mistakes that I come across on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and so I'm there trying to... I do damage control because <laughs> they're like, you know, what makes you different? Um, I mean, the other aspect is I've been doing a lot of business strategy slash marketing strategy. It's like, are you pricing your products correctly? Yeah. Maybe you could be getting more money for your products than you are. And have you tested pricing strategy? I spent, uh, that's one, uh, another thing. I spent time out at a digital marketer's conference the digital market is an education company that develops playbooks for people to implement mm -hmm. they love agencies uh, and they put on this traffic and conversion summit this, I think this year was his 10th anniversary there were 6,000 marketers from mm -hmm. around the world that attend the summit yeah Richard Branson gave the keynote speech on the opening night uh, Rachel Hollis another famous author mm -hmm. gave the second day keynote nice um, and there were just so many famous marketers that are there as well as the president uh, that there's so much education uh, that I got out of that and I invest in my business you know if I they're like I somebody on the network go oh I love to see what these conventions do to the bottom line I'm like the bottom line is if I'm getting educated and be able to consume a lot of uh, marketing education in three days that's worth it to me yeah because that, that just just makes me a better marketer because uh, a bunch of uh, people in the network went to the social media examiner uh, summit out in San Diego. For me, it was like two back-to-backs. So I can only do one or the other. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like that was all focused on social media. So these, it's kind of like getting around with other marketers and you can exchange ideas. And you're just building up your knowledge to become a better uh, marketer in your, when you go back to your region. Yeah. So outside of um, conferences and some things like this, how do you stay on top of a lot of things that change in the market? Because it changes pretty quickly, especially in like the digital yeah. world. So the, there's a couple aspects. Is one, uh, that's kind of the advantage too of being part of their franchise. Yeah. We have uh, once a month we have a open forum call where usually part of that call will be a showcase customer that somebody will throw out those 1200 people you know a deal that they had closed and what they did and what was the strategies implemented for that um, other aspect is everybody's part of the 1200 networks you get like 1200 brains like working on their own problems and they roll stuff up they're like i just found this great tool that i've been using and seeing excellent results mm -hmm. so that gets rolled up into corporate and then corporate will look at it and says yeah, I think we want to roll this out to the network. We're going to go contact that company. And uh, a good example is Drift here in uh, in Boston. Sorry, I'm in New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're an incredible conversational marketing um, company. Uh, their product is really good. They do excellent marketing. And they have like 150,000 plus customers. So we caught wind of that and we're like, yeah, we keep hearing about Drift. Uh, and so we're trying to work with that company to bring it into the network and make it available for everybody so we don't have to go individually direct to, 
to that company and yeah. work out, you know, sell it to our clients. So that that is, and then we meet once a year at a global convention. So even there, we're all collaborating together. So instead of being this one individual person, you know, trying to consume everything, uh, we have this kind of network that we all bounce ideas off of. And top of, for myself, yeah, it's staying on top of podcasts from like HubSpot, it's staying on top of like social media puts out a podcast mm-hmm. uh, where they're always having different people on. I listened to one the other day is how to, how to, how to do, you know, what does today's Twitter look like compared to yesterday's mm-hmm. Twitter? Yeah. What are the changes in their algorithm? Yeah. So that on top of books, reading tons and tons of books. Yeah. Um, That's pretty cool. And yeah, just consuming data and following the right people on 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 Facebook. I mean, you know, Gary Vee's pumping out data like all the time and he'll say something and he'll go research that. Yeah. And then testing things, you know, what works in your market. You know, what may work out in California may not work in your in Boston. Yeah. yeah. There's one thing I've been making fun of people for. I shouldn't say making fun of, but yeah, making fun of. Um <clears throat> like for some reason once you get east of like New Yorkish kind of that area, it just gets like super old school. Where everyone all of a sudden's like, word of mouth, we're just, we're gonna build our entire business on word of mouth marketing. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really work, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> if if no one knows about you, how how are they gonna find you? Because no one's talking right, about right, you. Right. So, I'm just saying, like, when you get to places like, you know, like Boston, New York, Miami, you know, L.A., you kind of they have. It seems like the companies have a bigger understanding of the marketing world and how important it is and then you kind of get outside of that and everyone's like oh i'm just gonna talk to my friends and neighbors and my business is gonna do well (laughs) well and that will work it depends on what you want to do and how big you want your business to be yeah so i mean i talk to people i get 80 percent is referral yeah great that's awesome you know okay and you get 20 percent of other even even this company i'm talking to um hopefully on friday they get a lot of referral business because mm-hmm. they do a good job. And when one person leads a large corporation and goes into the other company, they call them back and says, I want to work with you again. That is tremendous. But what about the other 20% that's, you know, or the other percentage that's not really finding you because the SEO plan is not right, your content's a little bit yeah. off, you're kind of not out there, um, you're doing X amount of revenue, well, wouldn't it be nice to do 2X that if we were to, to yeah. implement more in marketing? A lot of the stuff we say is you should be spending like roughly 9% on marketing. So 9% of? Your gross revenue. Okay. Monthly or yearly? Oh, yearly. Yeah. Same thing, I guess. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, and we, so there's something else that's incredible about the, the network. We have 1,200 marketers. So we put together the client intelligent report for internal use. Mm-hmm. So we survey all of these people, how long, what's your client lifetime value? What is the foot in the door product that you've been selling? What is the percentage of marketing uh, that they're contributing, you're spending compared to their gross revenue? And then we're starting to break it down by industry. So in the tech field, it's actually a little bit higher than that. And in other fields, a little bit lower, but that's kind of like the medium number. Okay. Um, so that, you know, very, so all of this stuff, as I read and I read the, I, I gave you the digital mind book that's on yeah. Amazon. That's the second edition. The third edition will be coming out, I believe in, uh, June. Yeah. So I'm trying to, 
<laughs> for shelter. I got, I got a case of them. I'm like, oh, should I not ditch, buy it? Ditch the old ones. <laughs> They're like, don't, don't worry. It's going to be like June, July. Well, now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's still June, July. <laughs> and not more. Uh, um, but when I looked at WS, I'm like, these guys wrote a book. Well, if your company is willing to invest in like a book, yeah, you know, because they're preaching their, you know, they want other people to drink the Kool-Aid. It also gave me the opportunity that before I went down and decided to do the franchise, who they are and are they are they real? Yeah, um, I had enough knowledge to be able to read the book and say, yeah, those are the right techniques. I learned a lot, but there was enough. I had enough background to say, yeah, that's what I would be doing. Yeah, um, and the book breaks out everything. You know, marketing automation. I've even talked about that. Yeah. So, you know, small businesses kind of harder to do that. It's a little bit expensive, but mm-hmm. as you grow, you want to automate to some extent. You know how you're getting your leads and how those leads are turning into opportunities and how you respond yeah. to those leads. But don't automate your whole entire company because people get the sense of that. So now we're seeing the balance of uh, you know doing the unscalable yeah. things. Because we want to measure everything, which we do. We want to automate everything, which we do. But every now and then, you kind of have to be kind of organic. Yeah, this podcast I was listening to Twitter. is like, oh, you know, they'll respond to a tweet or they'll mm-hmm. like a tweet. And then I go to their news, um, their Twitter feed. And they're sending the same exact tweets out to everybody. <laughs> yeah. So you can tell that it's automated. And they're not really engaging with their audience. Uh and the ones that are doing it well, like Rachel Hollis, are engaging with their audience. Yeah. They're actually responding. And, and and that's, you know, from a marketing level, that's, I think, which is so different. When I had, if I wanted to reach out to somebody when I was a kid, it was literally like writing a letter, putting it in the mail. Yeah. Or I guess you picked up the phone and then you never really get to anybody famous. Or like, maybe your senators you might be able to get through. Nowadays, I can, you know, pick up my phone and direct message like Gary Vaynerchuk. Or at a conference, Amy Moore and I wrote 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do was speaking at the conference. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the conference. I'm like, you know, at Amy Morin, great talk. I really enjoyed it. Loved, uh, interest in learning more about you. Uh, and then she liked my tweet. And I'm like, okay, well, well hey, I have a, uh, my synagogue, we do a brotherhood breakfast. Mm-hmm. How could I get you to speak? So I'll yeah. speak to my publisher. And so now we're starting this conversation. And I found out she's a little bit expensive. Yeah. But we're going to work on something. Hopefully she does some nonprofit. And I'm constantly having this conversation directly with her. Hmm. Uh, I, I was with AT&T. And, you know, um, I'm still with AT&T. And uh, Twitter is an excellent platform to use for customer support. If you don't yeah. like something about your product, Twitter is where you want to be, is one of the methods to do it. And I was tweeting about AT&T, and I said, like, at T-Mobile, at uh, the CEO of T-Mobile. CEO of T-Mobile, like, replied to me, said, come on over. And then I'm talking to the sales guy. I'm like, oh, is that really? Is that, you know, was that, like, an automated response? He's like, no, that guy loves Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what's changing, right? Yeah. Your, how you do that, your customers feel that. Yeah, yeah. And then they start feeling the brand loyalty. They start feeling the community. They want to buy more products. Yeah. And I was talking to someone about this earlier today, and she asked me if 
people care about these types of interviews, you know? And I'm like, yes, because as, especially the younger generations, like mine, the, the millennials, and then, was it Gen Z or whatever the next one is? Yeah. These people care a lot about who's working in the company. Um, so, you know, the reason I sit down and talk to people is because when someone looks this interview up and they listen to it because they want to work with you, they now have, you know, 45 minutes worth of you talking about why you love the company. And either that comes off as authentic, which hopefully for most people it does, <laughs> or people are like, I want to work with him because he, he seems like he has no idea what he's talking about, you know? But you get, it's very real and authentic. And that's yeah. why I love these types of interviews because now someone can, like I said, they can look you up and be like, he knows what he's talking about. I want to work with him. Right, right. right. Yeah. I mean, and, and um, my friend that wrote, uh, wrote a book, Philosophy on Golf, Michael Zildjian, um, he also states that like he shifted his career. He used to be in music and mm -hmm. he shifted his career and this is what he wanted to decide to do. But he also states it's like pretty honest, like I don't know everything, but this is kinda how I feel and you you, you interpret that. Um that kinda happened to you know, how I got into this franchise that uh business was kinda organically. Somebody said, Hey, do you know anything about small and medium business? My friend's looking to start a business, would you talk to him? I go, yeah, I've sold a little bit. I worked for Asafos. That was the market we were selling into my previous company. Our customer's customer was small and medium businesses. I said, yeah, have him look at my LinkedIn profile. And I'll be glad to talk to him if he wants to talk. So then he's like, yeah, let's meet at Panera. And we had like an hour conversation. It's like, this is what I know. This is my experience. I'll share it with you. You take what, you know, whatever tidbits you want from that, you know, our conversation and you deal with and you you know digest that yeah you know the people will figure out like what's working and what's not mm -hmm. um and you know i i fact checked some of the stuff or if i'm i've had a, another digital marketer it says twitter's dead i go really i'm like i i use twitter and we know that somebody else in the big powerful position in the country uses twitter a lot um I'm like, I don't think it's dead. It, I think it's used for certain pieces. Yeah. Live events, Twitter's like <laughs> the platform. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe Instagram is starting to do that now with the live events. Yeah. Instagram, I've noticed, is pretty good with like um, like stories and the live yeah, talking yeah. and stuff. Twitter's a great like PR company. Like right. we can literally just talk to your entire audience at once. It's great for that. <laughs> right. And, and the other, so they said a couple things. Customer support, and this is the podcast yeah. is listening to social uh, social media examiner, live live events, which I agreed with. Um, and then it says, like, breaking news, which I also agree with, uh, because it's very fast to get out the yeah. information. I remember several years ago, Comcast had a big outage on the whole, like, Northeast. It was a te technical thing. They, had, they did something with the domain name service, and something got messed up, and basically it couldn't do a lookup of the name. You know, like Apple.com resides to a, an actual number mm -hmm. that has to route it. And they made a mistake and basically screwed up that nothing was able to look up the real number. Um, and so what I did is I was able to jump on Twitter, uh, use my mobile service because my Internet wasn't working. Yeah. And all of a sudden it says, yeah, it's a DNS issue, DNS issue. Go change your DNS off of Comcast on your router and route it to, you know, Google. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, now I know what it is, and I fixed it. Hmm. But it, it was like, you couldn't even get to the internet, and Twitter was blasting out, everybody was blasting some bad comments at Comcast, yeah. but but it also had the fix. Yeah. 
I mean, United is like some of the other airlines are, are you can you know tweet and they'll ask you direct out message me on their on your flight number we want to see what we can do so it, it's you know customer support live events um breaking news i just like and also a conversation i think it's, a, it's another platform yeah. where you can start to try to generate a conversation mm-hmm. so i still like twitter so yeah. i mean i looked up I, I basically said i found information from other people not me saying no twitter's not dead this is what it's used for and i post that out to my uh my social my networks and you know, linkedin and all that so mm-hmm. twitter isn't dead Cool. According to this, right? Yeah. Because I don't want to just say it. I want to get other people in the industry to say it or yeah, back up what I'm saying. Right. Back yeah. up, you know, if you don't believe me, well, maybe you'll believe this person. Yeah. Hmm, pretty cool. So we've, we've covered a lot. It's been over 40 minutes now. Um, for anyone that wants to reach out, learn a little more, get more in depth, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. So, uh, Mo- so the company is Avely, A-V-E-L-I, by, B-Y, W-S-I. And that's also our, all of our social media handles are that, at Avely, by, W-S-I, okay. on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, that's something else that is a, try to, if you're going to start a business, try to look up the handles yeah. before you figure out the name of your business. Yeah. And the other thing is Google the name of your business. To not find if another business is using that name but what other stuff shows up in the google listing yeah because you're trying to dominate that page and you don't want to be confused with another business or a movie uh or things to that effect and i'm like trying to help companies i'm like did you did you google the name of your business before you started it yeah because like there's a movie there's like a movie that's like the same name as your business and you're losing kind of like traffic to that you're losing space on google search page search engine result page yeah um yeah so then our website is avely by wsi a-v-e-l-i by b-y wsi.com um we're actually right now it's the franchise's profile page but i'm bringing up a brand new website uh relatively shortly um part of the Gary V thing is you need to give stuff away. Yeah. So we have some tools in the network, and I'm trying to figure out how to use one of those tools to offer a website audit. Okay. That you basically be able to go to this, the page and you'll type in your website, mm-hmm. and we'll automatically do an audit and we'll deliver that to you. And then if you want to talk, you know, you know, we can set up a consultation appointment for that cool. and talk about it. And we that's kind of the way I work is yeah. I usually want to find out what your business is. Um, I don't work, so can I get a price, can I get a price? Well, it's hard for me to give you a price if I yeah. don't understand what your goal is yeah. and what you're trying to do on the long term. I'm not looking to build the cheapest website out there because I really, it doesn't work in my, in the model that we use. Yeah. I'm looking to build a an SEO optimized website and then figure out an SEO plan for the next year in the short term a paid search plan to get you ranking on Google uh, pretty well. Depending on your business, I'm converting your LinkedIn profile from a, I need a job to I'm a business owner and this is what we do. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is incredible for prospecting for yeah. a lot of different businesses. Um, that's kind of our strategy and how we just like to work with people and kind of do a free consulting and yeah. see if we can, if there's a right fit to, to work together. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining yeah, me today. Thank you, Chris. Fun. I enjoyed it. I always love talking SEO and digital marketing and stuff. It's fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting psychological. Yeah. <laughs>
I mean, yeah, I could talk 40 minutes on just like the psychology of like SEO and uh, AB testing and all. We'll, that. Have to, we'll have to get into some of that stuff next time because, yep. like I said, marketing, we can go forever on these things. Right, so. right. Yeah, so we'll definitely get into that next time around. So, awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, everyone else, for listening. Um, definitely reach out if you need SEO help. There's always room for improvement, so reach out. Everyone have a great day.